Welcome to the Big Geek Podcast. I'm your host, Ron Avis, and joining me as always is my co-host, the Prince of Pixels, Nick Wright. And today we're going to be doing a tribute to the original Xbox. So uh, we're we're going we're progressing through systems. Uh, first episode we ever did was the NES mm-hmm. because we love the NES and it made sense. We could talk about it for hours and hours and hours. And then you know Super NES and then we start like okay and then we did like Turbo Graphics 3DO. <laughs> we're getting into like later systems that maybe we're not as familiar with. And when it came time to do the Xbox. I was worried a little bit because I I was thinking like how memorable is Microsoft's Xbox to me really? You know I'm I'm actually surprised we haven't done the Xbox yet, but at the same time, exactly as you say, because like when it came out, I did not care. Like same a lick. No, I didn't care either, and I I thought. Uh, you know PC gaming. Even though like you had done some PC gaming, I'd done a little bit. I was not comfortable with PC invading the console space. It seemed like such a joke at the time. Like Microsoft is making their own console. Please, yeah, leave it to Nintendo and Sega. You know, yeah, people who be around forever. <laughs> No, but you're right. It's kind of like when you hear about Google getting in the console gaming business. Every now and then you'll you'll see that kind of news and you go like, ah, stay in your lane. You know? It's like, you know, we've already kind of accepted Sony in the fold yeah. at this time. Right. But, yeah, you know, it's like Microsoft, come on. Well, Sony busted the party successfully and that was the first time really it happened. You know, because it was for a long time like Nintendo and Sega and they were like head to head. And then there were some people that tried, like Turbo and, and Panasonic with the 3DO. And, yeah. you know, there, there were all kinds of companies that would come out. They would try really hard. They would invest a lot into it. And it failed. And they only got like one generation to get it right. Mm-hmm. So, whereas Microsoft comes on board and they're worth billions and billions of dollars. So they can afford to take that hit and fail. You know, yeah. But but take the lessons learned and continue on with the next generations, and that's kind of exactly what happened. You know, the Xbox only sold twenty four million units. It's really funny to even be having this discussion, considering now, like you know, when you think of video games, like, I mean, yeah, there's still Nintendo around, but really all you think is Xbox, Microsoft. Yeah, it's been Sony. a two horse race for about a decade. Yeah, it's and, so it's it's so weird to even be thinking this way that you know we at the time yeah well microsoft is the last company to break into the party and stick around they're the last ones to do it and no one i don't even think has really attempted to join in because you know you have to have a lot of money and resources like a microsoft and sony had money and resources thankfully for them it the playstation one was a massive runaway success um but you know, like I was saying, like Microsoft, it had a horrible, horrible footprint in Japan. Oh, yeah. They wanted nothing to do with it. And first, you know, doing some research, coming across some stories and firsthand accounts of the main players, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit. And you start to understand why it makes sense. It really does, if you think about it. And if you know anything about, like, you know, 
Japanese culture and is the way it is. And I'm not, I'm not knocking it. I don't mean that pejoratively at all. It's just very different from American uh, culture, obviously. And, you know, you start to understand, like, wow, they, they sold two million units in like five years over there. It was way more successful in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they were more accepting of it. But the, the Xbox got off to a terrible, terrible start everywhere except the U.S. And even then you would like not consider 20 million a success. <laughs> That's kind of a bomb. Yeah. That's not good. Yeah. Um, I, it was a little bit more than, say, like a GameCube, I think, which was I, maybe right around the same. If I'm not, I'm just throwing out numbers. I don't have them in front of me, but I want to say it was like 18 million or something like that. Yeah, it was for sure a failure for Nintendo, but and, and you know we we had one and we knew people that had them, but it wasn't in every household like an NES was. Mm-hmm. So um, Microsoft comes out, and as you said, neither one of us cared, and it <laughs> didn't help too that it came out. It was like a Chrome X. I, I remember even thinking, like hearing stuff on the radio for like you know drawings to win an xbox and whatever and i still didn't even care enough to like even if i won one i don't care you know? yeah and I, I was right there with you i just so. did not care um it wasn't until I, I played a demo of a certain game that we'll talk about yeah that got me to buy one and mm-hmm. it was just like i'm all in on the xbox uh let's talk about some of the um like factoid type things okay. so nick do you know um was did you know that the Xbox wasn't the original name? Was it Direct Xbox? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the the original there was a handful of guys who weren't even tasked to do it, but they took they were they were curious to about consoles and console gaming. They took pieces from an old Toshiba laptop and created like a prototype, like not even a prototype, just like a case like you know like this is what we can do with these parts from a laptop yeah. and uh then they got on board with the head of microsoft's DirectX and their gaming division and uh they, but yeah they based going off their popular direct x yeah, technology yeah, they were gonna i remember call it back in the day direct x was like a big deal yeah oh god yeah, yeah. it's still a, is it still a big deal i don't, I don't know, know. <laughs> <laughs> we're not really pc gamers I, I, it has to be it has to be I, I'm sure they're probably like DirectX 20 by now or yeah, something. Yeah, but, um, but yeah, they were going to call it, you know, Direct Xbox. And then, of course, they did focus tests and studies and they, they shortened it down to Xbox. And that, that was good. And uh, apparently, too, like they came out with Xbox pretty fast in the process. And they, they spent a bunch of money like trying to come up with new names because I don't think the higher ups were super happy about Xbox, the name, but they couldn't find mm-hmm. anything better. Xbox always sounded the best. So they stuck with it. I mean, I. I'm pretty happy with that original name. It's the names after that that was always seemed silly, like the next one being Xbox 360. 360. And then, because I mean, 360 was like kind of weird enough, but yeah. it's like, okay, I accept it. Right, and right. then Xbox One, like, wait, what? This is what? the third. It's Xbox. the third one. Yeah. We're, now we're Xbox One? They've really, they've really put themselves in a weird situation. Like, yeah. what are they going to call the next one that nobody knows? <laughs> Next box, I think, would be fun. <laughs> they called it the next, next box. box. Yeah, they won't do that. I'm sure. It was the first console, home console, to have a hard drive. Yeah, and it it makes yeah, sense because it, it's made from computer, like it, a software company. You pop that thing open, it looks like a computer. Exactly, it really yeah. does. Um, in fact, this is not going to be fair to the people who are listening, but I 
I never even screwed mine back on from the. Oh, light. is that right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, but yeah, there's the DVD drive, and there, you know, there would be a place for a hard drive. That that's a hard drive tray right there. So oh, yeah, it looks you don't like even a little. Have the hard drive in there? No, <laughs> I gutted it probably for something else. Frankenstein it. Sorry about the noise, guys. But yeah, so I opened it up. If, if you're wondering on the uh, listeners, audio listeners only, I just pulled the top of the Xbox open, and like Nick said, it just looks like a little computer. Yeah, you there. got to like your DVD drive, motherboard, and a hard drive. Yeah, very cool. And uh, it also was the first system to take advantage of a 5.1 live Adobe uh, Audio, which there had been systems with cutscenes that took advantage of that technology, but Xbox actually like would let you play the in-game sound. So when you played a game like Halo, it sounded so much deeper and rich mm-hmm. with the sounds coming from like around you. And I remember that very distinctly thinking like, this is impressive the way it sounds even. Mm-hmm. So that was a first. Um, it was running on a uh, customized version of Windows 2000. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you maybe know from our Dreamcast episode, and I'm sure lots of you guys out there knew it already, uh, Dreamcast was running on like kind of a modified version of Windows 2. CE. Yeah, CE. Yeah. But, um, and I think it upset some people at Sega because they, I think they were kind of accusing Microsoft of experimenting with their own tech using their system, not really giving them the best version of the operating system they could have. Mm. Just, they wanted to get their feet wet in the console, you know, business. So it, it was not really considered a good OS for a gaming system. Didn't, it wasn't real great. I thought the Dreamcast ran pretty well, but apparently like the aspects that the operating system brought to the table weren't so great. Probably, to me, the biggest thing they did, the most important thing they did was, again, going with like a computer, they added an Ethernet port built in. Mm, yes. So you, let's just say that you're a PC gamer and you're interested in you know joining in on an Xbox. Like you're already a PC gamer, but you like console gaming too. For that small niche of people, they were like, I'm getting an Xbox. So you you can network these together like a LAN and play games like Halo on a full screen, whereas like GoldenEye, which is a game that they were really interested in, uh, Microsoft was. Now, was this the first with a broadband built in? Because like Dreamcast, you know, had the capabilities. Built in, yeah. But it had dial up, you know, that came with it. You had to get the adapter for broadband. It's the first one where you didn't even have a choice. Like it was just built in and it didn't require an adapter. Yeah, because I mean, a lot of things had adapters. PlayStation 2 had an adapter you could buy. Yeah. But they, like PlayStation and Sony in general played was, they're not quite as bad as Nintendo, but they were playing catch up really for a while Mm -hmm. to, to Microsoft. Like Microsoft, that Ethernet port and what came later, you know, Xbox Live, we're going to get around to that. Yeah, because there was no Xbox Live yet, so no. you just kind of did, you know, like crossover cables yeah. and just like yeah. network, and, and we did that before. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. We'd run that long crossover cable into the living room, and we'd play on it. We didn't, you know, we'd have like four-on-four games, mm-hmm. and it was amazing. It was yeah. so much fun. Yeah, that was fun. Good times. I think one thing that might have hurt them a little bit Maybe not. And I've in the past I've kind of given Sony a little bit of more credit. Like, yeah, they, they sold those ridiculous amount, like 150, 160 PlayStation 2s, like 162 million. I don't know. It was like really, really high. But it was like everybody's first DVD player, right? Well, Xbox had the DVD playing capabilities itself, but you couldn't just use your controller. 
you had to buy. Oh, like, is that right? I didn't know that. Yes, you had to buy like a little in, like a little infrared uh, adapter, kind of like a WaveBird. Yeah, and you plug it into one of your USB ports up front to have like a little remote, and it had a remote. Huh. So you had to buy a kit, and it you know it was probably only like fifty bucks or so, but that's like the cost of a game almost. Huh. Wow, so, fifty dollars. Maybe it was less, but I, I, but it was branded I, I, by Microsoft, so it probably was kind of high. Wow. But yeah, so you it couldn't be your DVD player right up front, where PlayStation, Sony, they were very smart. They were like, yeah, it plays DVDs. You just use your controller. <laughs> and I bet a lot of you people are still out there playing your Blu-rays and stuff just with the Sony controller. When the remote's available, I like to get it. Yeah. But I'd hate to be forced to, though. Yeah. You know. Yeah, like it would not play a DVD unless you had that infrared remote. That's interesting. If you um, if you put a DVD in, it would give you like some sort of error message. Huh. So that's nuts. I I never knew that. And it's not like you could just like. Well, I guess my, my truth be told. Well, now, yeah. Why don't you go ahead and reveal yourself, Nick? <laughs> we've we've so, talked about it in the yeah, past. So, yeah, I guess I never knew that because I never owned an Xbox. <laughs> and why would you know that, <laughs> and, right? But, and, and and we'll we'll kind of get into this, I guess, later. But yeah, I do actually own a few games. Yeah. Like you it, own more games than I do now. Yeah. So I've got like five or six games, but it's because like I finally like I picked it up with the Xbox 360. Yeah. And so then they had the backwards compatibility. Right. And so I went and I picked up used like you know, titles that I knew were good or supposed to be good. Like I bought them used for like five bucks. Yeah. When I got my 360. So, yeah. so I actually own a few games, never Version. owned an Xbox. Yeah. It, it was me. You, you, um, it was Halo, you know, like, and I want to do a Halo episode proper in the future. Oh, so yeah. You're, so you're just going to say it now. <laughs> well, no, it's on our list, obviously. Yeah, because yeah, I, I was going to add that little tidbit afterwards. That even, No, you go ahead. You it, go ahead and talk about it now. Even before I bought the games, I bought a controller. Yeah. So I had... Yeah, I had, You would come to my house <laughs> with your controller. I finally got yeah. sick of like being stuck with like the Pelican. Because when, when you, know, you had like a bunch of people over, yeah. when it was just you and me, it wasn't really a big deal. But when you would have like, you know, parties, land parties or whatever, and we'd have a bunch of people over... You know, I did not want to get stuck with the bad controller, so <laughs> it I, was so. I went bad. to the store and I bought my own. Uh, the The S controller the was S out controller. at the time, okay. and I, I bought an S okay. controller. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't even own the system, but I had a controller, and that I is the that craziest <laughs> thing ever that I knew, like somebody. But I would have done the same if I knew that I was going to be because I mean it was weekly appointment, and and it was <laughs> even like at one of those parties where I was just like, all right. I'll be right back. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to the store. I'll yeah. be back. <laughs> oh my gosh. I would have done the same. If I was playing at a friend's house and you know, I didn't have the console. It, it felt, it was very old school in that way. Like I've always had the console, but I didn't have a super Nintendo for a while. And I, th I don't think I had an NES. Like I was always playing other people's consoles for a long time, but I never had to bring my own controller. There was always at least two. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. We just had more people than official yeah. Xbox controllers. Yeah, so. it, it was because of like it, one of those network two of them together. We had like eight people playing kind yeah. of times. It was because of that. I still feel like there was always. It must have been like Jay who would get stuck with the Pelican because like somebody <laughs> always got stuck with the Pelican. Yeah. Screw you, Pelican. You make horrible products. <laughs> and, and even Mad Cats, how. like at that time, Mad Cats Wasn't was like good. a bad word, too. They're, not, they're yeah. better now. Mad yeah. Cats is good now. Much better reputation. Yeah, then it was like, oh, Mad In fact, Cats, is it Mad Pelican? Cats that has the reissued uh, Duke controllers? That's Hyperkin, I'm thinking. Hyperkin's doing that. Yeah, I don't know. 
I think it's Hyperkin. But that would mean that was those are the people that they do make those, those retro retro fun, games. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's interesting. It's just like a Duke, except uh, I guess wireless. So pretty mm. neat. So yeah, you didn't even have an Xbox, but you loved Halo so much. Uh, you enjoyed playing it so much, and yeah. and like I say, I want to do a Halo episode proper because I want to get 4KJ in in here. Oh yeah, and do an episode just on Halo because yeah, we yeah. could talk about all the funny fun times we had playing that game. Yeah, there's just I don't, but I just, like remember that I don't want to get too deep into stories on Halo. Okay, we get to that point okay. eventually. Let's save it. We'll say what we can. Why? Why was the Xbox so big? That that was one of the main complaints about the. Uh, it was the, big. It, the size of the Xbox turned the Japanese gamers off completely. Yeah, because this is a time when things were getting smaller, like GameCube. I mean, it was pretty like compact. I mean, it was like a box, but yeah, I mean, it, was, it was very. And even the discs for GameCube were super small. Super small, yeah. So like, you're right. When so in a time small. when everyone is in <laughs> <laughs> a time when everything was getting smaller xbox was going bigger and the reason they went bigger is because this is the main reason why the console was so big they wanted to they wanted to make sure that the power brick was inside mm. so and they they changed that with the 360 they, they actually had the brick of the 360 on the outside which is why it was a little slimmer i guess mm-hmm. so it, that was inside uh, they had the full DVD ROM. You know, it wasn't like a small version of a DVD. It was like something you put in a computer. Yeah, I remember the first time we cracked that thing open. It was like, wow. I mean, it's like just like the same kind of thing I'd put inside a computer. There's not any wasted space in here. Uh, there, there's the motherboard, like you say, and then and then there's the uh, hard drive over here. So it's big because it had to be big. Now, the reason why the Duke was so big is another interesting story. So there's a great article... Um, I think it's on the Verge, no, in Gadget. I'll leave a link in the uh, de- description. But it's it's this really fascinating story where they they found the original designer of the Duke and had, you know interviewed them, and you know they talked about all the hardships about they that they came across when they were designing the controller, the things that were in there, like the speed bumps they had to get over, just all kinds of stuff. Like it's a really in depth article on on just on the Duke. Microsoft wanted. A smaller controller but they had to go with this size because of a couple reasons one they wanted to have the technology they were already thinking ahead about xbox live they wanted to have these slots mm-hmm. where you could have a memory card because every system had to have a memory card even though you got a hard drive in here which is kind of weird i guess if you want to take a save file to a friend so they had that and they had to have that like little device for the xbox live adapter Mm. That you would put your headset in, and it had a volume control and all that stuff. And they got our, they made it smaller with the S. That still had those things. The controller board inside the circuit board was the reason why it was so big. DualShock controllers, the analog controllers for like Sony, had a new technology where they they had like two circuit boards that were split, and that allowed them to make them smaller. And when they went to the people that were designing the controllers for Sony, they denied them the patent or the, the, the ability to, to use that technology because they were an American company. Mm. That they were going to go with Sony because it was a Japanese company. And that's just a fact. Hmm. They went with the, like this, I mean, you, you had to be a giant almost to play this thing. It's so puffy and it feels so hollow. Um, but the reason it looks like this was all designed, like, you know, like these little buttons, the gummy, like jelly bean-like buttons. Mm-hmm. It was an award-winning... Um, designer that they tasked to do it like they spent a lot of money just getting the design like they were very like they it was meant to be very comfortable they they really tried and like this part feels okay 
it's just big. It feels weird. And, you know, these buttons up here, like the black button and the, you know, like they're kind yeah. of in a weird place. Yeah. The Xbox was released in America first. And I don't think that had ever happened before. Yeah. You know, like, well, for the longest time, it would launch in Japan like a long time before in the US. And they started getting closer and closer. For the Xbox, they released it in the US first. And I don't necessarily think that was because. They were like, well, this is an American product. We're going to release it in America first. I think that it was it got delayed because of feedback or lack of feedback they were getting from Japanese gamers. Mm. Like they really wanted it to succeed in Japan. They needed it to, and they made all kinds of attempts to try and do so. But in the end, how the the best way to put it is just the differences in the American culture and the Japanese culture. There was just this kind of miscommunication. It's be a bit sword to describe. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of miscommunication. That wouldn't happen nowadays. Yeah. I think there's I think there's a lot more closeness between the companies, or you know the the Japan and U.S. as far as like gaming goes. But just bad translations, miscommunications. Um, I don't think that you know Japan like apparently there was a lot of swagger, you know. Um, they just didn't appreciate American attitude. It's like whenever they get into a meeting with swagger. <laughs> well, I mean, you know. You know what I'm saying. I, I was kind of wondering what you meant by that at first, but I think I do now. Yeah. Okay. And the other thing is, like, when they had focus tests, like, I mean, like confidence, I guess. Yeah. yeah. You know, very confident and just not reserved and, and quietly respectful and, like, oh, those kinds of things. Yeah, yeah. Just very confident in their abilities and, like, very direct. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just how they did their business. So, um, but things that they did learn from gamers that when they were able to get proper translations and stuff back was... Uh, Japanese gamers obviously didn't like the size. They didn't like the size of the controller. Um, they didn't like that it was black hmm. because that's like the color of death. Okay. Which is strange because the PlayStation 2 is black. <laughs> and then like the Sega Master System. That seems like BS. But they also didn't like the letter X because like the letter X like translates to something negative in Japanese culture. It's like the letter of doom or death or something like that. Like So that was another sort of you know old-fashioned kind of I don't like that you know just kind of like I think it was more the controller though I really think it was mainly the controller it just didn't fit comfortably in your hand well yeah I mean for the most part Japanese are smaller than Americans yeah, they're anyway. even they're even smaller than Americans so like long story short they came out with the s controller if it weren't for those problems in Japan we wouldn't have gotten the s controller in the US it was just such a big it's like everybody I don't everybody kind of didn't like the Duke. So when they saw that S controller, like, yeah, 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 give me, give me that, give me that. So like eventually they just kind of packaged it in with the uh, Xbox mm-hmm. and it became the standard, you know, controller for everything. Yeah. But it was all it was all made for Japanese gamers. And even then they didn't really seem to care about it. It was just like, no, nah, that we got the PlayStation 2 now. We're good. We're good. They actually for a minute, considered trying to acquire Nintendo. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, they were probably, they were doing the GameCube, still, you know, doing the GameCube, but it, I guess the writing was on the wall that it was a failure. Yeah. It was already kind of a failure. And it was under, not underpowered, because that's, I think that's a myth. It was actually pretty powerful, but the trajectory was going down yeah. for Nintendo. And of course, that didn't, you know, that was not a serious discussion, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what they did do was poach Rare. <laughs> They took Rare. Yeah. And which which is actually it did never really pan out. No, not really. Not the way it did for Nintendo, which is so weird. Because that was one thing that I would 
read in magazines like, oh, well, they're going to get rare exclusives. In the N64 days, rare was all they had. Like Nintendo was golden. It was it was Goldeneye. Banjo-Kazooie. Banjo, yeah. Perfect Dark. Yeah. It was either a first party game that was a big seller or like a rare game. It was all those games. I don't know if they just like the studio was gone by then. People that made those games are gone or it was a change in like design philosophies and the systems. Those games just weren't working anymore. Yeah, I don't know. But they they had like what Perfect Dark Zero, Perfect Dark and, Zero, which was notoriously bad for like buggy what, thing. What like, was the? Uh, there was some other. Yeah, it was like started with like a K or something. I don't remember what it was. It was very colorful looking, but they were launch titles. But yeah. neither one of them, if they sold, it was because there was nothing else there. But they they weren't promising looking, yeah. and and they didn't get a lot of good feedback. So they had, but they had rare, and they also had gotten uh, some exclusives from uh, Tecmo. Mm-hmm. They really went after exclusives, but the biggest, obviously, thing that they did was they went and threw a bunch of money and bought Bungie, and Microsoft's, I guess, biggest competitor, Apple. They were making this little game called Halo yeah. exclusively for Apple, right? And they it, they just swiped them up. They bought them and put it on the Xbox, and that was probably if it wasn't for Halo. I don't think it's I don't think you could overstate how big Halo was, how important it was to Xbox's success. I don't think that they would have survived for a second console. Yeah. I just don't see it. So that was the shrewdest and best move they made. Let's talk about Xbox Live a little bit, I guess. And I know you're not gonna be able to speak to it a whole bunch because you didn't own an Xbox. But I did. I in Well, you were like a beta tester. For I was. It. I was a beta tester. If you paid, I think it was like 60 bucks and in August, they would send you a little kit. And it came with like an RC racing game. Get online with it and test it out. There weren't, you couldn't play Halo online, which is what we all wanted. Yeah. We were relegated to GameSpy and like tunneling software. And I, I pulled this, I just thought this would be fun for you. Like I pulled up and I'll throw it up on here too. There was this little tunneling software and it went through GameSpy. And we probably looked at this for how many hours would you say? <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Just like waiting for people to join. You waiting know, for people to like. Just be kind of chilling out on the couch or whatever. Waiting for like a hear a tone or something that somebody joined your channel. Yeah. yeah. And you jump on it and try to get them to join you. And you're like, oh, I'm on a cable like connection. You're like, join me. <laughs> we My internet like, connection is the best. <laughs> we would talk so much crap, you know. <laughs> We were awful. We were pretty shitty. <laughs> we'll, we'll save that for the Halo conversation, but I just thought that was neat. Like that brought back memories. But Xbox Live, yeah, I did. I was a beta, and but no, no games were really out for it. So like, all I could do was get online, play what they get, gave you, and I think there was like a football game you could play too. But it was like some generic football game. But it was broadband, and it it was like the promise of things to come, and we knew that Halo Two was going to be their first big title to use Xbox Live. Yeah. I remember distinctly the first game, or at least one of the first games that I was interested in, uh, to get online and play was Unreal. And I remember, <laughs> I remember like playing it, like me, you, and Jay were pretty excited to get online and try it out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Unreal so different from Halo. Yeah, very it's good. so much faster, yeah. and it's just a different game. It's it's all PvP. Like I mean, so it was Halo, really. But well, that's what I ended up liking so much about Halo was that it, it there's like a slower pace about it. Yeah, that wasn't so frantic. Cause you couldn't I, run. I never really liked first person shooters on the computer because there was just something about just 
everything like moves so quick or something. I, I, I'm not even sure how to explain it, but I just never liked them. Aiming with the mouse, you would always hear the people who are the PC master race people talking about how, yeah. oh, if Halo was on, you know, a computer, yeah. you, know, you would get destroyed because of how fast you can aim with a mouse. And they're probably right. I'm sure they're right. Yeah. And Halo did eventually come to PC and you, yeah. you played it. I didn't have a computer good enough to play it, but you I, had it. I did, yeah. Xbox Live launched in 2002, and, uh, you know, there there were some games that were Xbox Live enabled, but the, the big thing to come was, you know, Halo 2 and all that. Um, oh, I mentioned, I was talking about software, and I was mentioning this story to you uh, before we were taping, and uh, I'm not going to have any of the names because I don't have a memory for names, especially, like, Japanese names. But, so, another when they were trying to get exclusives and they were trying to get software exclusives, like, to, you know, interest in Xbox one game. And this is, you know, if you've watched a lot of like things you don't know about the Xbox, you probably know this, but the designer, the, the creator of the resident evil series, which was a huge success for PlayStation. And of course they're competing with Sony. The uh, word got around that the main developer was frustrated with PlayStation two. Like, I guess they had some kits and they were, working on the PlayStation, the next Resident Evil game for PlayStation, mm -hmm. and they just weren't happy with it. Microsoft was very interested in getting a Resident Evil game on the Xbox. It would have been a huge coup for them. And they got an interview, and they went over to Japan in the offices of whomever the gentleman was. I can't remember. So Capcom, or this designer in particular, had this philosophy. They had this saying and slogan that games, games art, or something like that. They were very proud. They, everybody supposedly knew about it. And when they were in this meeting, they had neither, you know, like the guy from Japan couldn't speak English and the Microsoft representative couldn't speak Japanese. So they had relied on a translator for everything. Mm -hmm. I don't even know how long they were talking, but a, a point came in the conversation where he asked the Microsoft representative, you know, what, what are your philosophies on gaming? And he was, I think, wanting to hear something along the lines of like, like, well, gaming is art, you know, like gaming, you know, we're, we're in this because we love games and gamers first and all that. Well, I don't guess the translator could really appropriately translate it to what the Microsoft representative to can understand. And before he could, they could get to that understanding. Apparently like the guy from resident evil, Capcom just got up and walked out. Like he was so offended that it was, it was over. Like there were no more talks. And then of yeah. course it went to the GameCube. Yeah, that miscommunication you spoke of earlier. Yeah. yeah. So that's a shame. It might have worked out okay for Microsoft, but it just, isn't that weird that mm. something's so small and what you, I would consider that trivial? Yeah. Really? And maybe there were more, there was, I would like to think there was more to it than that. Were, were things so tense between American and Japanese publishers? I don't know. It's just this misunderstanding that, you know, it, Somebody thinks to take something one way when it not really even meant to be taken that way. There was a lot of hurt feelings on both sides. Like I know that when Bill Gates originally went to the president of Sony, because you know they were they were similar to how PlayStation or Sony went to Nintendo to see if they couldn't partner up. Uh, Bill Gates was going to like see if they couldn't partner up with with Sony, mm -hmm. and they were like no, no. It was just like a big fat no. We're not interested. And they started deciding like, well, we'll just go on our own. One of the early project codes that they had for the Xbox was Midway, 
And, uh, you know, you, if you think Midway, you're thinking like, you know, the company, the jet development company, but that was also like a really big victory in the, you know, World War II, oh, yeah. the Battle of Midway. That was like yeah, a crushing yeah, yeah. defeat for Japanese, you know, the Empire of Japan. Mm-hmm. So you're like, well, I have to believe that that had something to do with it. Like, we're going to crush Sony. So I don't know, maybe that got out. Yeah, I don't know. And I, I assume that's true. Like, I've read that from a couple of different places too. So correct me if I'm wrong. I, I, that that seems pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. And you know, Sony was probably still hurt, even from Nintendo, another Japanese company. So what happened with them? So yeah, I don't blame them for not wanting, not being interested, especially from like they're an American company. Like no, 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 no. I think from this point we can move on to our traditional like ten favorite games for a system. In this case, the original Xbox. Okay. So we have five games apiece in our typical form and uh do you want to go first nick or should i go first no why don't you lead off okay i'll lead off when i think xbox and microsoft just a couple of tight like franchises come to mind immediately so i thought it was going to be hard Mm -hmm. i started to remember there were a lot of good other games too like third-party games and a theme that i think you're gonna you're gonna hear throughout the rest of this episode is our buddy jason from the you know ranking the star wars movies 4kj mm-hmm. when the xbox was out he was like over my house a lot because we live really close and we have a lot of alcohol soaked mm-hmm. memories of playing the xbox but i mean we would just kill like a whole thing of sailor cherry and play xbox all night long so a lot of my memories are from those alcohol soaked sessions um but this this wasn't really one of them i just wanted to bring that up because i just think it's going to be funny i'll be like oh, i remember playing this with jay uh, my first game is a game called Dead to Rights. It's a Namco game. I remember the name, but I don't remember like what the game was like. It was kind of like a um, Max Payne kind of game. Okay. Third third person perspective. It had like a John Woo kind of like sensibility to it. You know, like the action and the attitude and the the atmosphere of the game. Okay. But it, it was just. I was really into Max Payne. I thought that was a fun game. Of course, we were moving into more mature games. We were adopting a PC mentality. And, you know, so that meant more mature games. And, and Max Payne was a PC game. Yes. And it came out on the Xbox. It did get ported to the Xbox. But a lot of those early Xbox games were like ports of PC games. Mm-hmm. Kind of like how now in a situation where a lot of Switch games are ports of Wii U games that people didn't play. Mm-hmm. So there, there were... A, automatically like a number of games that I'd never really enjoyed on a PC that I could suddenly now play. Yeah. And you know, this, this wasn't one of them, but there, there were, I have a lot of good memories of what would normally be PC games getting ported over. Uh, but dead to rights just felt a lot like Max Payne. And since I love Max Payne so much, it was just more of the same. First person shooters is really what's drove the Xbox. I think it, and that was definitely the first person, and it kind of hasn't stopped too. I mean, like with Call of Duty and Destiny, and yeah. you know, it just keeps continuing. But there was just before that wave of first-person shooters games, there were still those kinds of games like Tomb Tomb Raider, but Bullet Time and all that. So it had all those things. Like it was like a ripoff of Max Payne, but it was fun. It was a lot of fun, and it was easy to beat. And uh, I just have good memories of that game. And it was a Namco game, and you know, like, mm-hmm. Namco games are usually always pretty good. Yeah, Namco's good. Yeah. Uh, Nick, what's your first game? Uh, okay, so you spoke before about uh, Tecmo having exclusives. So I, I went ahead and I chose uh, Dead or Alive 3 
just mainly I think because I, I don't want to choose games that you know you could get on other systems. I, I try not to. You're you very know, good when, about that. We yeah. do these things. So, um, so yeah. So Dead or Alive Three was an Xbox exclusive. Yep. And uh, you know, and I was always into fighting games, and um, and this was pretty cool because you know it was like a kind of a big deal that they had the secret characters and stuff, and they had. Um, was this around the beginning of all that kind of secret character? Because uh, they still do that for fighting games. Dead or Alive is always huge about being able to unlock stuff. It usually costumes, you know, for the girls and whatever. <laughs> yeah. But, but, uh, but yeah, there was like... Uh, this was after the Jiggle stuff, there, too, really. There was, yeah. It wasn't as sleazy as the other Dead or Alive games. I think... Uh, I don't know if this one really toned it down much yet or not. I don't remember. I take that but, back because the Xbox had that bikini volleyball, like... Yeah, game. That yeah. was an Xbox exclusive, so they were still exploiting the women in these games. In fact, I guess it's really the new one that's not even out right now, where they're just they're kind of being like, "All right, <laughs> it's not so crazy." Let's tone <laughs> let's tone this back, where right. it's a different time. I was pretty well out of fighting games at this point, um, but I, I could definitely appreciate the graphics. Yeah, the I mean, graphics it, were excellent. The game looked great, and and, and it they're fun to play and. They're they're not like in my opinion like the serious fighter like you know Street Fighter and whatever, but but they're fun. Yeah, not as technical as well fighting games that we love yeah. like the street the Capcom fighting games. And they can get that way. Certainly not as technical as like say Virtual Fighter. Like I, oh my I've, god, that's like the technical king right there. Yeah, I've never really been able to get in, into Virtual Fighter because it's just so technical. But mm-hmm. I mean, this you can like you know hit buttons and have fun and whatever. Who's like the um, feature fighter in the Dead or Alive series? You know, like in Street Fighters, like Ryu and Ken. Uh, I guess that girl Kasumi. Okay. But uh, but Dead or Alive is always fun too because it's got like the ninja from Ninja Gaiden, Ryu Hayabusa. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. He's like a character in the game, so that's cool. That you know, it's like the Ninja Gaiden guy. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of cool. It's kind of like uh, you know their own little Smash Brothers. Like they got their little oh, they got their own properties. So they just put yeah. them in. <laughs> so it's they, yeah, they, it's all like all within like the same universe kind of thing. And this was I guess before Xbox Live launched, so they weren't able to take advantage of that. I could be wrong, but I don't think that that had the capability. Uh, no, I don't think so. I'm not sure. Yeah. Oh, you know what? To backtrack just a hair, and we're talking about Xbox Live capability. Another thing that hurt Xbox. Sorry, it's a bit of a tangent. Was EA would not allow their games to be played over the Xbox Live network. Oh, really? Even when Xbox Live was a thing? Yep. Huh. They they didn't want them to. I don't. And that changed after a little while. But I remember being very upset not being able to play like Madden over the Xbox because that would have definitely been a game that I would have played a bunch hmm. online. But yeah, I don't. EA's got a weird kind of history of, you know holding their games hostage for whatever reasons like they they've always they played sega a bunch too Hmm. so they you know for whatever reason they would not allow their sports games to be played over their xbox live i think you had a you could play them online on a computer but just not xbox live interesting yeah sorry uh back to dead or alive oh i was really pretty much done with that and you know and this is a time before 
uh, DLC, you know, so obviously you, yeah. you could unlock the stuff within the game, not have <laughs> to like get online and buy it. <laughs> a paywall on the game with th- everything's already on the assets are on the disc. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, come on, that's just ripping you off. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and before, you know, when you bought the game, the game was done too. not like, oh, the day one patch. <laughs> well, let's not pretend like games didn't arrive, not finished. I mean, uh, I, I, they're they're more inclined to rush it out now because they know they can patch it. There, Day one patches are a thing. There may have been you know bugs and whatnot in games, but I, I do really think that they are quicker now to just push out a game to get it out sooner, and just knowing that we can always patch it, you know, later on. You may have a that's that's not a bad point. I, I can't argue with that. I, I think they're quicker to put it out now because they know they can do that. Because why wouldn't they, right? They, you got to meet a deadline for the holidays or whatever. Uh, if you know you can patch it on day one, they're going to do it. So, good point. All right. Anyway, yeah, that's a, yeah, I'm, that's it for Dead or Alive. So, number two for you. Number two for me is a one of those uh, games that Jay and I would play. We would get hammered drunk and play. We would drink and drive. It was Sega GT 2002. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was always a really big Sega racing fan. I loved Daytona. One Daytona. of my all-time favorite. Daytona. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that. I loved um, Sega Rally mm-hmm. GT came out later for Saturn. Um, I was just always really into them. I was never really into the hyper-realistic driving games such as Gran Turismo, Turismo. you know. And and the games that, like the Forza um, games, not not just, there, there's like two series of Forza games, There's um, which is a big deal for Xbox in the last couple series. Not really so much for Xbox One. They had Project Gotham Racing, which was pretty good. Um, but no, uh, Forza Horizon, that's the one I like. It's a little lo- like looser. You're not really on a track. You're just kind of free roaming. It's like a free world, and you you can race on tracks, but you can go wherever you want. But no, Sega GT 2002 was just that natural arcade fit. Um, I forgot to mention this. Uh, another coup from for Microsoft was they got Sega to agree to an 11 game deal for Microsoft. They released a bunch of games at the front end of of Microsoft's life cycle. Mm. So, uh, you know, like Sega GT 2002 was one of those games that they fulfilled. I don't think Microsoft was pursuing Sega. I think maybe they thought maybe for a moment about buying Sega 2 because, you know, they had some valuable assets like Sonic. But I think they looked at Sega as just too far in. You know, like they, I think they were already like resigned to being a software only company. And there just wasn't enough interest in Sega product to, to buy them. I wonder if... Um Shenmue 2 was part of that 11 game deal. I'm sure it was. It even says right on there, only on Xbox. I'm sure it was. Because I remember like at the time that that was the only way you could get Shenmue 2 because uh, Dreamcast ended up, you know, being going belly up at the time and never got its American release. It did come out in Europe on Dreamcast. Well, they were trying to convince Bill Gates to make the Dreamcast games playable on the Xbox. Mm. I I remember reading about that. And wishing very much that, you know, the Dreamcast could live on, in, you know, in the Xbox. And they're like, oh, maybe that might be a reason to buy an Xbox. But those talks didn't go anywhere. I kind of remember Shenmue 2, you know, being the, like the only reason like that I was disappointed for not getting an Xbox. For. Mm-hmm. That was your killer app other yeah, than Halo? Yeah, because it was like the only thing that it, it was available on since yeah. it, it never came to the States, hmm. at least at the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That And a lot of... and. Another thing too is you would think that would have been an incentive for Japanese gamers too, 
to to because Sega's huge. Like they're still making bank in Japan. Like they still release a bunch of games mm-hmm. as software developers. But uh, you know, around this time, they were still players everywhere. You know, that was a big deal. So Sega GT two thousand two. I mean, you know, it's an arcade racer. I don't know. If there's a lot, whole lot to say about it. Ferrari, and you know, there, there were plenty of. They had Ford, Ferrari, you know, Cor- they had Chevy, like Corvette. You know, like they had a lot of name brand cars. It was, it was like a little Gran Turismo light, mm-hmm. and it played like an arcade racer with some realistic cars, and you know, not the most realistic physics, but that's that's what I like. Mm-hmm. And you know, we would get really intense with these, you know, games. Like we would. We would just like sit and ra- like watch each other race and be like, oh, come on, man, you're catching up to that guy. You can do it. You can do it, Jay. You can get him on this turn. You know, like we, we would get really into it. And I'm sure it was the alcohol, but <laughs> it made it so much more fun rooting for each other. And I think that's just, you know, a compliment to the game. It was a lot of fun to play. Sega GT 2002 brings, brings a lot of good memories to me. That's cool. Yeah. And, and that's a game you may, probably wouldn't think of all that much. Mm-hmm. It, I'm sure it didn't sell a lot. Uh, because if you were a serious racer, you were probably buying Gran Turismo 3, I guess. No, I don't know how many they went up to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm thinking about PlayStation 2 times, you yeah. know. And uh, Gran Turismo 1 and 2 are PlayStation games, right? I, well, I know 1 was, but... Yeah. Oh, maybe it was 2 that I was I didn't on. really follow them, so I don't know. <laughs> Just that first one. Yeah. This is a time when I was coming back to gaming... I talked in the past how like I kind of faded away, like I went away from gaming, and I came back a little bit with Dreamcast, and I started coming back a lot more with the first. Like I love first-person shooters even to this day. First-person shooters probably mostly responsible for bringing me back into video games, like hardcore. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate other genres a lot, and I play them whereas I probably wouldn't have played them 15 years ago. But uh, I owe I owe Xbox I owe a lot to Xbox just for kind of re energizing my love for video games and Nintendo was always there too. Like I Nintendo never really truly left me. I didn't buy every single thing they put out, but I still wanted to play Mario and Zelda and those games. So yeah, Sega GT 2002, that's my number two. What's your number two, Nick? Well, uh, before you had spoken about, um, you know, playing a lot of PC games that were ported to Xbox. And so this is no different. This is really a PC game. And, um, well, anyway, I'll just say it. Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic. Kotor. So, yeah, yeah, Kotor. Uh, <laughs> Kotor. <laughs> you don't like that. <laughs> no, I, I don't like saying the acronym. Is it kind of like when people say shmups? Because I don't like that. Yeah, I guess. Or people right. call the uh, Super Nintendo the SNES. <laughs> oh, I, I can't oh, stand I, SNES. Oh, God, that's triggered. Uh, SNES is okay. Yeah. But SNES, I can't. And NES, stand. I can tolerate NES a yeah, little bit. Yeah. I've, I called it NES always, but I've, NES doesn't bother me as much. I, I'm the same. I, I definitely I, I call it NES, but I've grown to accept NES, I guess. But well, there was a character NES. named NES, too. Yeah. Kind of made a little yeah, easier. Yeah, on the little comics. Yeah. But uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you know how like, a lot of people hate the sound of the word moist? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> moist. <laughs> That's SNES for me. Like, I can't. Right. Shmups doesn't even really bother me, but SNES, oof. Ugh. Straight <laughs> straight down my spine. Anyways, uh, uh, Knights of the Old Republic. I'll respect your uh, <laughs> your naming of it. Well, and that, and that's okay. I mean, I really don't have a whole lot to say about it because as we already pointed out, like, I never had the Xbox. I didn't really play the PC games much. I'm not big into RPGs. So, I mean, 
I gotta apologize for you know I'm saying this is like one of my top games, but I didn't really ever play it. I tried to play it, like you know, God help me, I tried. <laughs> you know, like, I just don't get into RPG. There, there's a very very select few RPGs that I can get into, and I, and there's a few that I have got into and played it all the way through. Yeah. Knights of the Elder Pellet wasn't one. I tried, but it's really frustrating when an IP that you love well, and releases that was the a game thing. that a yeah, lot of people it, really rave Star about. Wars, and so I love Star Wars, and I'm like, yeah. everybody says this is such a great game. So such let me a try. wonder, such an amazing story. Yeah, you know? so, it's just I don't know if it's just too much reading. I don't know what the deal is, and and maybe I could get into it now. Well, no, I can't get into it now because I just don't have the time. <laughs> yeah, you know? right now, forget it. Yeah, like, no I, time nowadays. If I had the time, I do wonder if maybe I could. You know. But Would it be helpful, more helpful too? Like you say a lot of reading, but wasn't a lot of that probably voice acting? Well, maybe, but I, I think part of it too is is just not even just the reading or, and or listening. It's it's just that I want to do something. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't want to just sit there and like, oh, story, 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 story. I, I understand. I, yeah. I just want to play a game. And, and I th- maybe that's what bugs me about RPGs. I don't know. Just That's why I like action RPGs like Zelda. It's like you do get some of those elements of an RPG, but you're constantly doing something. Yeah, so. I, I don't know. I just want to play a game and not I'll choose So this you're, text you're choosing choose Knights of the Old Republic because it just, the premise was so promising to you. Well, yeah, just because it people always say such a, that it's such a good game. And I don't, and I think. This is the only console it was on. Like we said, it was yeah, a PC it was a, game, right? But but I think this was the only console that it was on. Maybe you are correct. Okay, yeah. So, it was an ex. It was a. It was always a feather in, in Microsoft's cap. So uh, that I guess that's a lot of the reason. I guess I'm throwing it a bone because. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, you can do that when you don't have that many dogs in the game, well, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so I don't really have a lot to choose from because I didn't have an Xbox. So yeah. I apologize to all the Kotor fans. Hey, I just wanted to do this episode because I think the I think that Xbox there's a lot more to it than we may remember. Is it a very 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 important console? And uh, I felt like it, it just really, and I want to go through all the systems, I don't care, in, in an episode. I want to give each system an episode. So, like, we had to get to Xbox eventually. Yeah, I mean, we had to. Yeah. And so, if, you know, I, if I don't have much to say about it, I can't help it. Right, know? right. I mean, you don't want to be disingenuous and regurgitate thoughts and feelings of other people. And, and there are games that were on Xbox that I really like. Like, you know, I mentioned before, like, in fighting games, like, yeah. there was uh, SNK versus Capcom. Uh, that arcade game that SNK put out, not you know, not the Capcom version, the Capcom versus SNK, but SNK versus Capcom. Their take, the yeah. SVC Chaos, that one, that, yeah, their take on it. I really like that. Yeah, and that was on Xbox. Yeah, was that an exclusive or but, was it only um, or was it cross-platform? It something? actually might have been. I know Capcom versus SNK was on like GameCube and like other things. I think. Oh yeah, that was across PlayStation Two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was across everything. No, you know what? SNK versus Capcom was on PlayStation Two also. Okay. I think. I'm pretty sure. So, I so, would think just from the SNK element alone, it would probably be. You know. Yeah. So you know, so I don't want to say things like that just because you know it's on other things. So yeah. that that that's part of the reason why. So. It looked cool. A lot of people really enjoyed it. 
And uh, hey, you don't have a lot of games to like, you know. A lot take of people seem to like that droid. I don't know his name, but I guess you know he would call people meatbags or something like that. And I informed him of his meatbag status. I kind of, I vaguely remember something about that. And people love the game. Yeah, Knights of the Old Republic would pop up on my radar only when, like, you know, a new game was coming out or end of year lists. And I love Star Wars, but I was way more interested in the more action oriented. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to get into No, I don't think this game's on either of our lists, but Battlefront, that kind oh, of stuff. Oh, yeah, Battlefront. I mean, that, it was so fun. I love Battlefront, yeah. but it was on PlayStation 2 also. And so, PC, and it yeah. was probably best on PC. Right. But I, if I was going to play a Star Wars property, it was going to be Battlefront. Battlefront was fun. Definitely lots of fun. Okay, shall we move on? Sure. I rescue you so we don't have to sit and linger on Knights of the Old Republic anymore. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, kind of like going off of what you just said, uh, my next game was primarily a PC game, but, you know, as I was, and I even mentioned this in our last episode from uh, talking about the internet, Golden Age of the Internet, as really the first online gaming experience that I had. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, Return to Castle Wolfenstein, Tides of War. Right, I remember you saying that. So the reason I. The reason I chose this, now this was Xbox Live compatible, but I didn't play online with it. I just played the campaign. And that's why I know... Sounds like something I do. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I do that a lot nowadays. Like, I do not like getting online and playing people. I don't either. PvP for me is just not interesting. Give me me the player versus environment PvE stuff all day long. When we were doing it with Halo, it was like something magical. Yeah. But I don't like to do it anymore. Yeah. Something about the Halo was just the right amount. And even playing like, you know, Street Fighter and stuff. I still long for the days in the arcade and I loved playing against people in the arcades and having that competition. It was a way different experience. I have zero interest doing it online. Yeah. Anyway. And there are a lot of fun, cool people on, you know, to be fair, like I played, I played destiny more than any of these other games that I've combined. I mean, it's ridiculous how much I played destiny. Oh yeah. You hear the stories about how people like make friends on the internet, like lifelong friends on the internet. Sure. You know, so it's not all game. bad, but yeah. it's it's just it's those few nagging bad experiences, and also I don't like to be reminded how bad I am. <laughs> like <laughs> I want to be able to just be okay against my friends, but um yeah, Return to Castle Wolfenstein: Tides of War was how I got to play the campaign, and man, I loved it. It was so much fun, and I just never really could enjoy it on the PC because. It just didn't play as good, you know, like it it played okay. I don't know why this is. I guess it's because when you play. Is it because of your PC? It was because of my PC, yeah. And when you're doing, I think, online PvP stuff, the graphics, they always tone down the graphics so it'll run at a more locked, smoother frame rate. So when you play the campaign, it gets cranked up. Everything... You know, like the frame rate gets bumped up, the shading and the, and the, the, you know, like you just need a better graphics card and a better computer. And I just wasn't able to do it. And, you know, I mean, that was, that was the cool thing though. You know, we keep talking about all these PC ports on the Xbox about having such things on the Xbox is that then, you know, everybody's hardware is identical and you're not like, oh, well, you know, this PC game, you got to have these minimum requirements and, you know, you're like looking at the box like, oh, yeah, I think I can do that. You know, it's 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 all like so complicated. Like, can I yeah. can I play this game? You know, will will it play well on my computer or not? You know, yeah. that was always a big question and that you don't have on a console. 
Yeah, you're right. And not to get too much into the whole philosophy of PC gaming versus console gaming, but since you mention it, you're absolutely right. When you're on a console, it's a, everybody has the same, except now you got like pro and enhanced versions of consoles. Okay, yeah, it's that's more true. like PC gaming. <laughs> but for the longest time, if you had a, you know, the hardware is what it was, and it was a, usually lasted five to six, seven years, maybe maybe on the shorter end, you know, it was not doing so good. And you counted on developers getting more, like, they just they get they find their way around the system better. They they find how to squeeze more resources out of the system. Mm-hmm. Games just get better. Games that we get released on a console in the early life cycle pale in comparison to what it's like at the end of its life cycle. Right. You know, you look at a game at like The Last of Us on PlayStation Three. Holy God, that game looked really good mm-hmm. at the end of its life cycle mm-hmm. versus what was coming out on PlayStation Three at the beginning. So, with a PC. You're right. It's like you gotta you gotta start you gotta do all this like mental math, and you're like, do I have enough RAM? Do I gotta like I gotta go I gotta go buy and replace this RAM. Is this motherboard compatible with that? It's like the blessing and the curse of a PC. You know, it's so customizable. Yeah, you're always like, well, yeah, I think I should be able to play this as long as I, you know, don't the, do anything put the else. Detail down. Right. You know, oh yeah, yeah. No, no shading. No no reflections. You know, and I don't like thinking about that either. I don't want to have to like get so minute into the, and I know some people really enjoy that, but I just want to, like you said with Knights of the Republic, I just want to play the game, man. I remember the first time I got like, you know, a pretty decent computer. Like I spent a little bit of money on a graphics card and this and that. Like, man, I bet I can play this one game that I've had for a couple of years, like cranked all the way up now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's silly, you know, yeah. you go dig up an old game and, you know, it's it's like I said, it's kind of like becoming that. You know, when I got an Xbox Pro X, I started having thoughts like I should pop in this 360 game and see if it looks how it looks because it's going to be able to run it better now. Yeah, uh, I don't, but I mean, I have that thought. <laughs> but you know, yeah. But with Return to Castle Wolfenstein, it was like the best that you could play on a console. And another thing too is like I feel like uh, shooters, first person shooters, ran better on the Xbox and it did on PlayStation 2. Maybe that's just me, but I just yeah. feel like it ran better because it was like a computer. <laughs> yeah, I can't even really think of very many first-person shooters I even played on PlayStation 2. It was like a lot of Call of Duty games, you know, like those types of games. I never really did get into Call of Duty at all. I, I liked them a little bit. I got into them here and there, but it was something about the Halo, man. Just keep building up to that. Mm-hmm. All right, so, but you know what else can I say about Return of Castle Wolfenstein? It was a PC games, a lot of fun. Um, it's really weird that I, it, you know, like I was excited to get my hands on something that I could play with Xbox Live, but and I'm sure I probably tried. You know what it probably was? There just weren't a lot of because um, when you play on a PC at that time, there were so many people to play against. I bet it was just something like there weren't enough people with a fast enough internet connection who had the game in an Xbox to get like that good consistent stream of games. Yeah. Whereas on the computer, it was just like, finish this game, next game's up, you know, finish that game, next game's up. Kind of like how it is now with, you know, Xbox and PlayStation. You just go right to the next group of people. Yeah, and I mean, the internet then was a completely different beast than what it is now. Yeah, by 2001, it was really moving Mostly to broadband. I mean, but yeah, and we had broadband, but yeah. still, I mean, it's... It was a luxury still. Yeah. It was still kind of a novel thing, I think. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's my number three, Nick. What's your number three? Uh, my number three, and I, I've got to give apologies again, but... <laughs> 
here comes the disclaimer. <laughs> Ninja Gaiden Black. Uh, it, it's another one that was like, okay, this is supposed to be like one of the best games. Mm-hmm. So let me get this. Yeah. You know, in, like I think I think we mentioned before, like I bought all these, you know, used right, right. when I got the Xbox 360. And you know, I was very excited to try this one out. And I knew it's a hard game. I mean, it, it had a um, it had that reputation yes. that it's very hard. Yes, I don't think I ever beat the first board. I'd, I I tried though, and it was just so hard. <laughs> I I'm with you, man. Like I was also pretty excited, and as an Xbox owner, I was looking for something to get. And you always get excited when you see an old familiar franchise that you used to play make the jump to a new system. There's a curiosity and a, you know, like a, again, like a novel thing. What's it going to be like? It's it's not going to be just like the eight bit side scrolling. We knew it was 3D, but like what what's going to translate? Is it going to be fun? Because the original in Ninja Gaiden games for NES were fun. So, and it, it had a reputation through journalists and stuff, reading magazines. Like it it's you know it definitely preceded it. <laughs> yeah. I knew I was prepared for a, a tough game. Yeah, I knew it was going to be hard, but, but not. That hard, but you know, I mean, I kind of considered myself a pretty good player. Decent, and, you know. I thought I could figure it out, and I, 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 you know, I just don't think I gave myself enough time to like, you know, learn the different controls and whatever yeah. you might be able to do. I don't know. I just kind of dove in and thought I'd kind of tackle this beast, but right. you know what? You know, it, it it's probably a lot like another series for Sony that I've never played, but a lot of people love, but it also has a reputation for being brutally hard and that's bloodborne. And yeah. Martin talks yeah. about bloodborne. Like, Ooh, you got to play bloodborne, but all, all I ever hear about it, it's hard. So yeah. I probably would not like it cause I don't like my games that hard. I just don't have time for that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that's the thing too. And like, you know, like you said, we're, above average gamers if we sat and played it for like three hours i mean we're not terrible gamers we'd get past level one but if that hook doesn't get you right away because it's way harder than anything else you're playing yeah like forget this man i'll put galaga in i don't care (laughs) (laughs) i don't care how old it is it's fun you know i'll play it because it's fun but i mean ninja guide in black though is one that if I found the time, I would like to kind of go back and give that another go maybe we'll pop it in the xbox uh x upstairs and, and play it see what it, it does because we know we have that and it's backwards compatible yeah that that's what i need to do yeah. maybe we'll do that man just pop it in we'll make we'll make time with with logan he'll enjoy it okay all right um but that is another game that was uh, another you know like alcohol soaked gaming session with jay because he was a huge fan of ninja gaiden too from a kid childhood oh okay big fan of ninja gaiden and he was really excited about it too and we sat and played it, and we we were like angry drunk at it, you know, like we were just like this game, you know, like, I can't do this. And we we both wanted to love it so much, we wanted to. I was always the biggest fan of the arcade game, though, which was totally different even from the NES game. Oh, and that yeah. reminds me when uh, like before Black, which I guess is like kind of the director's cut of the hmm. Ninja Gaiden on Xbox. I know we were like. Is Black a sequel? Like, why? Because you were like, I have Black. And I'm thinking, I have Ninja Gaiden. You were looking online. You're like, this says Ninja Gaiden. And then Ninja Gaiden Black's like fourth on this list. But 11th 
you know, the, it's like the yeah. same game that ranked both oh, yeah. ranked in oh, the top yeah. ten. Uh, Black was number two on one of the lists, and, yeah. and Ninja Gaiden was eleven. So yeah, yeah it's like basically like well, was like is the this same a different game? game? <laughs> yeah, the same game on the same list, but uh, yeah, it's like the director's cut of sorts, I guess. As a movie lover, when you said director's cut, I'm like, oh, it's yeah. the same story, but with a little bit extra yeah. added. <laughs> That's all they had to say. But uh, where was I going with this? Oh. If, I remember when Ninja Gaiden came out on the Xbox that I just remember thinking it was funny that there are three totally different games with the same name. Yeah. Ninja Gaiden. It is there, weird. The arcade game. It's the, a beat 'em up. The NES game. Yeah. Which was side, like a side hard scroller, as hell side scroller, yeah, and and this Xbox game, so hard yeah. as hell 3D game. I always yeah. thought that was kind of interesting. It is. It had three distinct lives. Lives. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, you're right. It is interesting. It really is. I I don't know if I can think of any other franchises and gamings that can claim the same. It's not even like got some kind of a subtitle. It's just straight up Ninja Gaiden. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to see it come back. Maybe not as hard, but I'd like to see it come back. Yeah. Maybe it will one day. All right, Nick, should I move on to my number four? Yes. Okay. My number four is kind of an important title because it was the prerequisite to a series on the next Xbox generation that I love. And this game is called Kill Switch. And it was a third person, uh, not a first person, but a third person style shooting game. Mm -hmm. But the mechanic to that, it was the first game that you could duck behind, cover, and shoot over top. Oh, kind of like uh, Gears of War. Like Gears of War, exactly. I don't think I've ever played Kill Switch. It's fun, yeah. and it's it's a lot more arcadey than Gears of War. Like Gears of War is really f- you feel like you're in a war, <laughs> yeah. you know, like with the environments and stuff. And uh, they really it does a great job of making you feel like you're in a movie, like Saving Private Ryan. It's mm-hmm. awesome. I'm upset with myself for not playing Gears of War 4. I don't know why I never got around to playing it. I still need to myself. Now, I have played the multiplayer mode. Like, we've done Horde on Gears 4 a few times, but I have not started the campaign, and I I want to. I do, too. You know, we just got to make an appointment and do it. (laughs) We got to do it. That and Halo 5. Jeez. I know, isn't it? It seems like a sin that neither one of us has played Halo 5. Oh, jeez. I don't even think I've cracked that open. Yeah, mine's still in the cellophane. (laughs) (laughs) It's ridiculous. I got a lot of games still in cellophane. Oh, it's bad. More income, less time. That's just being an adult. (laughs) It's bad. Yeah. But yeah, Kill Switch is not all that extraordinary of a game. But that mechanic was a lot of fun, you know, being able to shoot, you know, kind of like blindly over the uh, top of walls. And uh, it it was just neat. But the game itself was, I don't want to say broken, but it wasn't a complete game. They, they tried to put a game out to sell a, a, like a novelty. It was a novel thing at the time. And uh, it took Epic, you know, a little while later down the road to take that mechanic and go, oh, that's interesting. Let's actually give it a cool story and more resources behind it. I don't, I don't remember who Kill Switch was published by. Might be Namco again. Not sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Kill Switch is my number four. It, It's a fun game, and there are other games that I have in like shout-out territory that probably could crack the five. But I just want to acknowledge that game for like the novel mechanic that it brought to the table. And we like to do that sometimes. Like we'll yeah, get yeah. we'll give we'll give a game uh, a spot in our top ten or five or whatever, just because of its importance and what it brought, you know, down the road. Like people oh, yeah. are still using that mechanic. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's a 
as ubiquitous as it gets nowadays, like taking the cover mm-hmm. behind a wall or whatever. So, but that was like the first one I think that really took advantage of it. And I, I can't say with great authority that it was the first ever, but it was it was sold on that mechanic alone. I just remember seeing like ads and stuff like you can do like blind cover fire and you know like you can like stay you, you can duck behind and shoot. So it was a lot of fun because of that. I played it way more than I would have played it if it didn't have that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Other than that, it was just like a run of the mill third person shooter game, like uh, you know, like Max Payne, like Dead to Rights. Just nothing to do- differentiate it. Yeah. But uh, that, that's really all the time it deserves. Kill okay. Switch is my number four. Okay. Well, my number four. Now this was a big deal. You know when it was coming out, Halo Two. So not only you know because we're we're bringing up like Xbox Live. But I just I just remember like all the like on uh, what was that show X Play oh yeah with Morgan with Webb and Adam Sessler yeah yeah I remember seeing like you know Halo Two on X Play and just being amazed at like the first board where the, like the covenants come to Earth <sighs> God and, that was the promise of the game because Halo One ends with you, you know you you know taking the war to them you know like that was like how the game was sold and then remember how much hype the trailer got can you remember any trailer ever before that getting that much hype no i mean we would sit and rewatch that trailer again and again and again where he jumps out of the ship and like falls to earth yeah yeah holy crap dude that was amazing yeah halo 2 now i got i gotta admit though that it, it in my mind it didn't really live up to that hype as well as no uh, it didn't because I, I still like halo one better I do which, too. which is maybe giving something away but oh well yeah, who cares <laughs> if you haven't already guessed well, oh hey we're talking about halo like we mentioned halo like a ton of times yeah. in this. Like, it's gonna be halo guys and, and even now like that that very first board is still amazing yeah and, and i don't think the rest of the game really lived up to that first board oh no you're right it was all good yeah, you know there were there were definitely levels that I thought were pretty good and pretty entertaining, um, and you know it didn't do a lot of the backtrackiness that the Halo One did. Yeah, Halo One a had a lot of backtracking. That's a plus. Yeah, so it felt more sh- like you're going from A to B to C, and you're not necessarily seeing the same thing a bunch of times. But a huge minus was nerfing the pistol. <sighs> nerfing the pistol yeah, was like a sin. A bit so of great. silence for the pistol. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody loved the pistol from the first Halo. And the first thing, you, it was just, it was a throwaway gun, you know. And the oh, second yeah. one. It was awful. It was because of the pistol. that, And we really tried to get into Halo 2 on Xbox Live. We and, tried. You know, and I think that's why we didn't get into it as much. Is because oh, I know of it's the pistol. Why. I know it's why. It's yeah. stupid as that sounds. You know, you consume the, you know, you consume. And the pistol wasn't anything in the first Halo in the campaign. It was all about the assault rifle and the, you know, that, that was what yeah. you wanted. Um, but in the in the multiplayer that's what we wanted mm-hmm. and you know of course you try to get the rocket launcher because you get more kills but that's your primary weapon and when you when you take it to online and we we consider ourselves pretty good ex you know halo players mm-hmm. we were so excited to get our hands on like halo 2 do you even remember that time that there was like a halo convention or something downtown and me you jay and i think maybe pat vaguely we we were we were all set to enter this tournament and we 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 planned ahead uh we we were all i mean like months in advance we were looking forward to it and i want to say we got down there and all they were really playing was halo 2 
Yeah, and that that was kind of the the kibosh. It they, was the new yeah. game, and there were a few like, people oh, playing no. Halo, but it was like old news by that point. So yeah. it's being crushed by that. Yeah, and I think that's why I've kind of like taken it out of my memory now, because I, as you're saying, like I've totally <laughs> forgotten about it. Yeah. But as you're saying it, I kind of remember we're getting excited about doing this tournament. Oh and, man, and finding out it was we were going to wreck shop, man, and being like, oh no, yeah, forget it. Nobody's even nobody's even playing Halo. Yeah. So that was hugely disappointing. But, you know, Halo 2, I give it a lot of credit. It refined to this day what people think of when they think of console online gaming and lobbies, mm-hmm. finding opponents. Yeah. Revolutionary there. Uh, you know, obviously, the graphics were a step up. Uh, <laughs> dual wielding guns was a very cool oh, you know, yeah, novelty yeah. at first. And it was really neat to be able to, like, and you could do it with anything that was like handheld. You know, you could dual wield. I mean, ultimately, it kind of ended up being something that I don't really care about. Me neither. But yeah, when, you know, introducing it, you're like, oh, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. You know. It was way cool to get like a pistol and a needler, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> and yeah. just go into town with that. And that was neat. Um, and, you know, I, I, I remember playing the maps quite a bit, mm-hmm. just not nearly as much as Halo, the original. Um Cool, cool story. I remember the boss at the end being kind of disappointing. <laughs> I kind of, I remember beating the game and being like, "That's it. That was it. <laughs> that that was the last boss." I distinctly remember thinking that was a boss. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought it was one of those like really. I just figured it was one of those really powerful like mid boss guys. You know, yeah. I didn't think it was the boss to, for the whole game. <laughs> like, really, that was it. And it was kind of cool to be able to play as a um, covenant. Yeah, yeah, that was neat. Yeah, but I also but, but on that note though, I don't know. I felt like uh, you know because they 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 jumped around with the story so much. Like you do like this bit, like this is Master Chief's side of the story, and then it would be like, oh, now I'm playing as the Arbiter, yeah, and seeing like his side of the story, and I don't know. I kind I kind of remember being like, oh, geez, it's the Arbiter time again. But I, you know, I wanted to. His story wasn't interesting. It was neat to play as him. I, yeah, I wanted to do the the Master Chief stuff. You yeah, know, but, uh, yeah, yeah. That I, was the story you were interested in. I know what you mean. The story never landed with me. I think Halo Three ended up doing it better yeah. by playing as the Arbiter. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was fun though. It was. It was, it was. I have good memories of the game. It's just overshadowed. Yeah. Is all. Yeah. But. Anything else we could say about Halo 2 and groundbreaking? I remember reading something along the lines that it, when it sold, when it was released, it did more business than any movie. That's interesting. And that was another big coup for gaming. It, it like matured gaming even more. Yeah. People started looking at it the way it is like now. Yeah. Like releases were a bunch bigger deal. Yeah. And we, we did a midnight release. AAA games were, yeah, did we? Yeah. Yeah. I remember doing the uh, midnight release for that game. Oh man, we were so excited for that. Hmm. I remember they were actually, we were outside of a, uh, I don't know, I guess it would have been a GameStop, I suppose. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't even remember. I don't know. I remember, and maybe it was just me and Jay. Maybe you weren't there. You might have been there, but it was a midnight release and we got there early because you wanted to get your game and start playing right away. No, you were there. You you came over and played. I, I kind of remember going to your house and playing it. Yeah. I don't really remember where we got it, though. But the thing that like was so exciting... Since was, I didn't have an Xbox. The thing that was so exciting about that midnight launch that I remember was uh, people were like in line, and the line went way down, and it was um, 
what they were doing was they were since the store had been closed and the people were just coming in for the midnight launch. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they were letting they had Halo Two out and on one of those demos, and they were letting people they were randomly picking people in line to go in and play Halo Two. Oh, and I just cool. remember being like, "What's it like? What's it like? You know, <laughs> was it amazing? You know?" And like people were like, "Oh my god, it was awesome!" You know? <laughs> but that never, never before or have since have I ever been that excited about a midnight release of any game. Yeah. And that little touch—I don't know if they've ever done stuff like that before or have since. You know, but but for that game, they people were just like so stoked. They they were there so early. They, they, it was neat. It was really nice of them to come up with that. Yeah, that's you know, cool. they, that's you know, you, I don't think too many places would do that. So yeah, Halo Two, much respect for Halo Two, mm. which takes me to my number one. And you know, you got the Halo Two, and it's a big deal, and it's just known to be Xbox. My number one's Karaoke Revolution. <laughs> 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 and I admit this is a really personal selection of mine, uh, but Karaoke Revolution, it's, it was during the time when Guitar Hero was way popular, mm-hmm. and uh, those like interactive games were just real, like Dance Dance Revolution, Guitar Hero. Now, was Rock Band a thing yet, or was it just uh, No, that was Guitar 360. Hero. Guitar yeah. Hero, I think. So... It was very. It was. It was a neat thing to be able to like put in a game with popular titles and be able to sing along to it in a karaoke. Because I'd never had the nerve to do karaoke like at a bar or anything. Right. But playing it as a game in my you know red room up above the garage, the bonus room, we could just like let it all hang out, man. We would. We didn't care. And because we got so good at those songs, those like twenty or so songs that they'd give you. It, it like inspired us to, uh, I, I remember going to a bar and they had karaoke night one night and uh, I was like, screw it. I'll do like, I'll do a song, you know, I'll yeah. do one of those songs that I've played up, you know, in the bonus room that I know really well. And I got up there and I belted it out and I got like good reaction from people and it was a lot of fun. That's cool. So it started, it kind of like started this kind of new favorite thing of mine to do is to go to like karaoke bar, like every other couple months. So was, did this play with like a mic? Yeah, it came with a it came with a mic. Yep, it came in a bigger box, and it had like the official microphone, and it came with the game, and uh, you know, like you said, no DLC really, but uh, they would release like new volumes of it. You know, like in CDs would have like you know MTV like Volume Six, Volume Seven, so they would release a bunch of volumes. But you would always end up using that same remote. Yeah, you know that kind of reminds me, like a couple games. I don't can't think of any examples right now, but that they would come out with like a, a CD that had like bonus content that, you know, cause it had a hard drive, like you've already mentioned and yeah. you would like kind of install this bonus content onto the hard drive, yeah. but it wasn't so much DLC, you yeah. know, wasn't a thing. Cause there were a few games that I remember that would it have was like DLC a, that you didn't download kind of an expansion <laughs> pack that would have like a CD that right. you could get at the store, like GameStop or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember being, you know, I'd see like a new volume would be coming out and I'd get real excited. And then the, and then this interesting thing started happening with Xbox. And I think we, this is the best time to bring it up. Um, the Xbox was a really, really popular modding, uh, device. <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, it was a computer that had a hard drive, and uh, you could install this thing called um, X, X Dashboard, I think is what it was called. And mm-hmm. it still exists to this day. They don't call it Dashboard anymore, I don't think. I think now it's called like Kodi, like K O D I, mm. just popular like streaming like device. So you would, you know, you would take your hard drive out of the Xbox 
plug it into your computer, download everything you needed, and it unlocked all these neat things. Now you could emulate NES games if you wanted to. To this day, you can go on eBay and do lots of searches for modded Xboxes that people are, they'll throw much bigger hard drives in, mm-hmm. and they, they're still popular. Because you can put every, it'll mod, it'll play every like old school game, system I mean. It'll play all those, you know, retro arch and all that stuff. It's credible. It's really cool. But where the Xbox, like where Halo gave it a bunch of life up front, a couple years, mm-hmm. and then it kind of like lingered a bit. And for the last couple years, it became our karaoke machine <laughs> yeah. because we found a program that played the karaoke style that you see in bars, same exact songs that they would play in a bar. It was like, it looked the same. Like it had like the little words that come up and the yeah. little intro graphics, cheesy intro graphics. And I would go like on torrent sites and I would get every song you could ever want. And I would save it to the hard drive and you know we'd invite people over like it was a lot of me and jay like like up late at night getting hammered like karaoke and creed <laughs> whatever uh but man i got so much enjoyment out of this little guy as a as a karaoke box later in life so i had to put karaoke revolution on my list you see because it inspired a little thing that i like to do karaoke don't do it as much anymore um but I, I would have never gotten that if I hadn't taken a chance on the karaoke revolution game as a total novelty. Like, Oh, wouldn't it be funny if we got, you know, Carrie, would you do it? Oh, I'll do it if you do it. And yeah. we safely in your room, in your house, just only your good pal to like, not going to judge you. Like that was great. Even if it was terrible, like, Oh God, it was a little pitchy dog, <laughs> but you know, it was fun. You didn't. So karaoke revolution. <laughs> That's cool. In a modded Xbox. Anyways, that's my number one, Nick. What's your number one? All right, so my number one was uh, Halo Combat Big Evolved. Surprise! Yeah. Well, we don't even have to do a whole lot of talking about Halo because we've already talked about it, and we're gonna we're gonna do a Halo episode in the future. So, like, we can just leave it at that. Yeah, but I, I mean, I guess you, I don't know how much you kind of said about how like the introduction to Halo. I mean, you've kind of alluded to a few things, but I don't. Know well, if you, you go really ahead. Told the story. Go ahead. What I I don't remember. Uh, how you first came across it like you played some kind of a demo like at GameStop or something I was working at Dillard's in the mall and uh, one of my uh, you know like me and Jay would always go down to the food court have lunch there Uh, sometimes we would take it back to the break room and eat it but for whatever reason like whatever I ate took me like half the time that normally did Mm -hmm. so I had a little extra time I stepped into um, probably GameStop and uh, they had the Xbox demo uh, kiosk. And like you said, no interest. Was aware of Halo, but didn't care. Mm-hmm. Just wasn't on my radar. And I was watching a guy play. And it was that first level where you're like on the beach and you're riding in the Warthog. Like they, they, they give you the Warthog like right yeah. away, which is smart. Yeah. And what these two guys were doing, uh, they were shooting each other. They were just having fun. They were screwing around. They were like shooting the turret in the back and then they would flip the car over on the beach and you know, like they're like, ha 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 ha. And they're like shooting each other and running far into the water. And the water, like the water in that game was nuts. I mean, it, it's also quaint and cheesy now, but you know, like levels like Battle Creek. Remember how cool it was? Like you had that little stream that went mm-hmm. between the map. Mm-hmm. You could duck underneath of it. And like, mm-hmm. it felt like water for the yeah. first time ever. Like it was like, that's water in a game so that uh 
so they left. I mean, I was kind of like, oh, these guys are lame and annoying, but that looks cool. It, it looked like a PC game. Mm-hmm. But um, they walked away, and uh, it was just me. It wasn't even Jay. Uh, I, I restarted the mission, and it, it played that mission where, it, like, the drop ship brings you in mm-hmm. and puts you in the it's saving private Ryan like futuristic style. Mm-hmm. That is one of the best intros to any game I've ever played in my entire life. I couldn't believe what I was watching, you know, cause you're taking cover, not in that kill switch kind of way, but you know, you're shoot, 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 shoot. I would get shot and I would take cover cause it would like kind of guide you. And there's like all the other grunts are like fighting alongside you. I'm like what is this? this is amazing and then like the shield would come up like that was kind uh, of a new thing you say grunts though but oh yeah but, not the marines yeah the marines. I, I know what you mean but yeah those enemy are called grunts so. right the enemies yeah. are called like, <laughs> they'd run around and uh you know the first time you stick a grunt with a plasma grenade <laughs> <laughs> And he like freaks out. Just running around like. (laughs) There was so much personality and depth to these enemies. That was like really AI was like a big kind of term. (laughs) They're like, get it off, get it off. Yeah, (laughs) you would hear those like, I forget what they're called, but the bigger guys were like, what, what, what? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Elite, elites. Thank you. Yeah. Um, But it was it was just teeming with personality and like environment, and you had that the audio working for it so it was like playing a movie i know it's lame and it's it's a trite way to describe something for that you're amazed by for the first time like video games often get compared to movies if it's really good Mm -hmm. this was just it blew my mind well and so 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 i had to tell you about it yeah you had that experience so you had to come tell me about it yeah you know you got to check out this game yes so all right fine fine i'll I'll check it out so you know i do the same thing you know you kind of you're showing me kind of at the GameStop, you know playing on the demo of it and you, know, you got to see this car you know you're driving around in the warthog yes and, like just the just the physics of it yes. the way it turns and there everything. was weight to it yeah i mean it it was amazing it really was so so yeah you you kind of i mean i i was gonna say you got me sold on it but Obviously, I you agreed with me. You, yeah, you, you I were agreed. like, "There's something there." I, I was sold as far as agreeing with you, and I, I went. We had Halo night like every Tuesday, not night, but like day. Because yeah, like, I guess like we were both off on Tuesdays or something. For yeah, we were, we were reason. both in school and we had jobs. I think that allowed us to be able to be off on like like nowadays. It's like unthinkable, like yeah. being off during the day and but, during the week. Yeah, it, it was every Tuesday. Every week was for Halo. years. Every single we Tuesday. never missed an appointment. We, and we, not only did we do it every week, we did it for like eight hours. Oh, yeah. I stayed there like all day playing Halo. To this day, I still use the term Halo head because when you would play it for like eight hours straight, you kind of like start seeing the levels in your head and you're you know like you get kind of a headache and you're fatigued because it's so intense most of the time we knew like all of those multiplayer maps oh man like like the the back back of our our, yeah and we we were so good like as as like it's like chemistry on a really like a championship caliber team like playing basketball or baseball you get to know one another's like tendencies and we would just be like you know, he's on the cliff, you know, like, and, yeah, then, yeah, and that's you, all we needed to say. Like, you would take yeah, like, the we back had, like, and I would s- take the front. Some kind of short description to, like, you know, tell the other guy, like, where somebody was and they could instantly just turn and boom, boom. Again. Yeah, we had a shorthand communication yeah. and, and Jay was part of it, too. He knew it. Yeah. 
And I think that's like what gave us a leg up playing like guys who didn't play it as much as us. Mm-hmm. We, we were just so quick to everything. Um, I mean, we absolutely had that teamwork going. Yeah. And that's why I loved it so much, man. It was like playing a sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why I don't want to laugh so much at like these esport leagues because I think they're kind of ridiculous in a way. But then again, I understand. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I went out and I mean, it wasn't long after that I played that demo. I bought an Xbox. I had to have it. And I didn't have much disposable income at the time. Yeah. And it was full price. It was two ninety nine. It wasn't even out that long. It wasn't like something I just discussed. It was that demo at GameStop. I had to have it. I had to play more of this game. And uh, it it's 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 one of my favorite consoles of all time. It really is. Yeah. That's, it, it's interesting. Very interesting. It's very, yeah. One of your favorite consoles of all time I never bought. I, I didn't um, I didn't think of it like before doing the episode that way. Yeah. I was a big fan of Xbox 360. That was my favorite console of that generation. Yeah. Uh, Xbox One, you know, it's good, but it was disappointing to a degree. I mean, I got to say, though, I, it, it has to be because of Halo that when the 360 was coming out, I, I immediately I was wanting a 360. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they, they really did that right. Like, the 360 had a very long... It, it was... Uh, they beat Sony. They, uh, they outright beat Sony, that generation. Like, it kicked PlayStation 3's tail almost right up to the end. I think Sony caught up with them. Well, you know, yeah. And P- PlayStation 3, I, I did not get for the longest time. Yeah. I, it's like... You know, it's funny. Like, in I guess that kind of generation, I kind of chose one or the other. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, we still didn't have a whole lot of money, and they were yeah. more expensive then. Like they were like six hundred bucks. Yeah, because you know now I've got Xbox One, PlayStation right, Four, right. Switch, Switch. You know, yeah. But probably but get the it. new Switch when it, whatever that is when it comes out. And, and I did end up finally getting like a PlayStation Three at, at one time, it, and it was after the skinnier model had come out. You mm-hmm. know, I, I totally missed the fat version of the PlayStation Three. Yeah. But um, it looked like glass almost on top. It was weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was a notoriously problematic system. It was a nightmare to like program for, I think. If it hadn't been for the overwhelming success of PlayStation 1 and 2, if that had been Sony's first attempt, they would have died. I really believe that. They had so much goodwill built up over the previous two generations that they, they outlasted it. Yeah. And then they did a, a bang up. Like everything that they did wrong with 3, they made up 4 and 4. It's an excellent system. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah so yeah um you know that's interesting too that just thinking about xbox one and ps4 like because you know when it was um the xbox you know i gotta say the first xbox not xbox one they're so weird <laughs> the original xbox so there was xbox and ps2 ps2 right. so i was ps2 didn't get the xbox because yeah. I, I had to choose one Sure. And, so and PlayStation then, 2 was like the obvious choice. So then really. the next generation was Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3. Oh, I'm getting Xbox 360. Yeah. Screw PlayStation 3. Right, right. So I was all over 360. The price didn't help. Yeah, I was all over 360 at right. that time. And then when it was PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, I got to admit, I had a really tough time trying to think of like, well, which one am I going to get? Mm-hmm. And ultimately, like I got Xbox One first, and then I got PlayStation Four later on. Yeah, but but yeah, I mean that was a tough, tough choice. I think too for the first time, like they were released, like the Xbox One and the PlayStation Four are basically the same thing. And it, you know, and it, it felt like for the longest time too, it felt like I made the wrong choice because mm-hmm. it's like all of my friends were all about oh PlayStation Four, PlayStation yeah. Four, 
and it was like yeah. xbox one was like the wrong choice for a long time and and now you know i've got both it doesn't really matter yeah and but uh i i think xbox one is kind of re- i don't want to say i feel like i made the wrong choice i only got a playstation 4 to play destiny on it yeah so for the longest time i didn't have a playstation 4 i was happy on an xbox one uh, oh i was about to say what did i get one for i remember now i got the playstation 4 i got it finally because street fighter 5 was announced oh that's right, that's right. yeah and you were really street waiting fighter for that 5 was announced an exclusive title so for xbox that, that's actually why i have a yeah. playstation 4 so right exclusive exclusivity played a role for both of us yeah you know because like destiny you could get on xbox one but they would always include extra guns and maps on they're still doing it on playstation station even with destiny too yeah so you know i have i have good things to say about both systems oh um, yeah they're I, both really good i love uh, them both yeah, yeah they're totally fine and then you get the switch you throw it in the fold i hate to choose i do too that's why i have to get them all yeah and you can we can afford to do that and you know, we don't have the time to play but we can have them all <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no i love i really like my playstation 4 they they really do have the better exclusives and you know hands down there'll be time frames too where it's like i'm playing the xbox one the most yeah same here and and right now it's playstation 4 (laughs) right now it's xbox for me so weird that's yeah that that is it's interesting because uh yeah like i haven't touched really my xbox one in a long time that's you know nothing bad about it it's just what's going on right now and and honestly switch is above all of them yeah same here same here playing the switch way more than anything the reason I switched back to Xbox is because I got a really sweet deal. I traded in my old Xbox One, the base, for an X, and they were having, like, you know, GameStop, I have, like, $100 off. Mm-hmm. If, you know, like, I got an Xbox One X and Red Dead Redemption 2 for, like, $180 out the door. There you go. So, like, I wouldn't have. And, and since it's more powerful, I'll play the one that's more powerful. Why wouldn't I? Yeah. That's why I've been playing more Xbox. It's really not even has anything to do with Sony being better or Xbox being better. I still got the old Xbox One and the old PS4. <laughs> I got the Pro. <laughs> I got a Pro because I wanted to play PSVR on it. So, right. not that you need one, but I, it's it plays a little better. Yeah. Okay, Nick. Uh, like I said, we don't want to talk about too much about Halo. Uh, we just had to talk about it a little bit because it was a special special game. Oh man, uh, brought us together in that. In those days, like N64 brought us together? Uh, man, there, there is like a select few games that you just just play like over and over and over and just so much. I mean, there's like... So- Real quick, you pick three and I'll pick three because I, I know exactly what you mean. I, I know my three and, All and right. Halo's one of them. So, yep. you know, Man, same for me. So, so I know my three. All right. All right. Yo, so Halo, we both pick Halo. What's your second? Oh, well, I don't really have an order, but Street, uh, Street Fighter 2. The same. <laughs> Street okay. Fighter 2. What's your there? Super Mario Brothers. Destiny. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I went further back. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I love Super Mario Brothers, but I mean, I, I've played, I played about as much Destiny as you can any game. Yeah. I have so many hours okay. on that game. It's stupid. And you include Destiny 2, because really Destiny 2, like Destiny is like a game and they only have numbers because it just continues the story, really. It's like the same game. But oh gosh, and I don't I don't play it anymore really all that much. And, and when I say Street Fighter Two, all the Street Fighter Twos are lumped together. Of course, no, yeah, no, Champions no. Edition, Champ- Turbo, yeah. Super, Super Turbo, yeah. like, you know, like all of those. They're all lumped together. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, two of my three, I totally agree with you. I think th- those are like the games that, and to this day, I can go back and play them. You know, I'd totally jump into Halo, especially with Collector's Edition. You got a little more incentive oh, with the yeah. graphics and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, those are great games. I think they'll always be great games because they're great design, uh, original, totally original. And, uh, you know, no, I don't think anybody's done it better than, you know, Street Fighter 2 is still the gold standard of fighting games. Mm -hmm. They they might always, there's a new polish on it, whatever. They'll introduce new characters, but that's the one that everybody looks back on so fondly. Mm -hmm. And there are other franchises that come close to it, but those, those three to me are, you know, just so many hours, (laughs) so many hours. All right. Well, that's, um, that's been our tribute to the Xbox episode. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Hopefully, you guys learned a little, and uh, you you probably had some similar experiences. Um, if you did, you know, feel free to. I drop apologize that I haven't played. It's a okay. Ton of Xbox games. It was, you know? <laughs> it was a really tough ask of you to like. Hey, Nick, let's do a tribute to a, a console you never owned. Well, yeah, you never owned it. I guess this was better than when I tried to make a list of 3DO games and you I like could demo. do demos. <laughs> <laughs> You can at least give it that, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's better than that. Um, but Microsoft Xbox, I'm still a fan of Xbox. I, I, you know, I'm sorry that they had that. I gotta admit, I was wrong. Front. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I was wrong. Me too. And because of the Xbox, I'll always keep a little bit more of an open mind. You know, because like I said at the top of the show, when I see th- you know companies like Google, I think, well, wait a minute, who has more money than Google? You know, yeah. <laughs> they could do it if they really wanted to put their mind to it. And, uh, you know, it, if you're like Bill Gates and you have, I, I, I read a stat and it was interesting. So the Xbox originally was sold for $300, but it costed Microsoft $425 to manufacture. Hmm. So right off the bat, they were losing 125 bucks on every console. Um, and that that's not even counting like, you know, and I'm sure parts were cheaper when they lowered the price. So like it probably, you know, relatively change, you know, moves along with it, but they were, they were losing money and they lost $4 billion Wow! in four years on the failure of the Xbox. Wow. But that is like pocket change to Bill Gates, mm. <laughs> you know, $4 billion. That's why I was, it's, it's such an amazing thing for a, a new company to jump into the console business. Cause you got to have a lot of capital and a lot of determination. And Bill Gates is one of the few people in the world that had both. Mm-hmm. So, you know, will we ever see another, uh, player in the game? I don't know. Yeah. Time will tell. Time will tell, I guess, mm. but I'll, I will keep an open mind unless it's like Magnavox or something. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> It's like, come on, you guys. <laughs> or what's what's like a what's like Vizio TVs decides they're gonna like go into business and like Panasonic's already done it. So <laughs> yeah, they already tried and failed, so they're not gonna do it. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Sharp. <laughs> Anyways, that's been our episode this week. Hope you enjoyed it. I've been your host, Ron Avis. And I'm Nick Wright. <laughs>